Hello, thanks for listening to the Total Knee Tips and Pearls podcast. This is Adam Rosen, your host. I'm a fellowship-trained orthopedic surgeon who specializes in joint replacement. In these episodes, I'm going to share with you a lot of my tips and tricks and review classic articles and current implant designs. Thanks for tuning in and on with the show. Hello, welcome back. This is Adam Rosen, and you're listening to the Total Knee Tips and Pearls podcast. So it's been a little while since the last uh, updated episode, which was on January 30th. So lots of reasons. I've uh, been busy with a lot of stuff, and I'll have some more episodes coming your way on a more regular basis. Um, today's sort of my uh, my administrative day, sort of academic day, so I'm doing a lot of work. Um, today is Friday, uh, the 18th. So happy match day. Um, congratulations to all of you that have matched. Um, it's an exciting time for all of you. Sorry for all of those people that don't match. It's kind of a messed up process, I think. I think there's so many medical schools, so many students coming out, and just not enough residency spots. So hopefully, um, maybe you can scramble, find a spot, but uh, don't give up. You know, if you really love orthopedics and caring for people. It's a great field. Uh, Look into a research year, um, see what other opportunities are available, and then try again next year, reapply, and hopefully get in uh, next year. Uh, A couple more housekeeping things. Um, For those of you that don't know, I did publish a book uh, that I was able to finish during the COVID shutdown multiple times. It's called The Knee Book, A Guide to the Aging Knee. It was designed and written for patients and two patients, obviously all about the knee, and it goes through a very clear, concise algorithm, in my opinion, from why a knee hurts to how we treat it non-operatively, how we treat it surgically up through knee replacement, the rehab, the risks, the benefits. Uh, I think it's a great resource, though, for, for young orthopedic residents because in that book, I share with patients a ton of analogies on how I talk to them in the office and how I describe things, both on x-rays and MRIs and surgery and complications. So I think there's a lot of information that you can glean from that that you can then take back into your clinic rotations, um, as well as into practice, you know, when you're in clinic with these patients. Uh, There's also a YouTube channel. So for those of you that don't know, again, once this is geared mostly to patients and for patients, uh, but during uh, covid I have been uh, able to find some of my old PowerPoint lectures that I was able to put up. So there's some uh, informative stuff for surgeons, uh, but definitely more of it's geared uh, towards patients. But definitely check that out because I have a lecture that I was asked to give uh, next month on the posterior approach that I'm working on. So it's going to go through a lot of the specific details of the actual procedure. And at some point, I'll get that uploaded onto the YouTube page. Um, Leading into today's topic, though, I want to talk about hip implants. You know, I haven't really talked on specific implants up until this point, and I was thinking, and I'll probably do one on knees also. Um, For those of you that may not know, when I was younger, um, I was really big into skydiving, uh, and we competed. Um, I did a lot of photography and skydiving. Uh, I taught, and... I had a bunch of sponsors, and and one of the things that I always talked to the sponsors about, like when it came to parachutes and canopies, was you know I didn't want to have any tie that I couldn't use another company's um, parachute because you know if one of my students asked you know what I like about the particular canopy that I flew, 
it's really hard to tell them why you think it was the best or the greatest if you've never used the competitors or you've never tried another style or brand. So one of the things that I always thought was very important and useful was to fly different canopies to get a feel. So if somebody was using a particular canopy and they were thinking about switching, I could explain that you know, the, the openings might be softer or the turns might be crisper or the landing, you know, would be different because I was able to use all of those different systems. So today I want to talk to you really about the three sort of newest stems that are on the market, the Depew Actus, the Zimmer Avenir, and the Striker Insignia. Now, again, kind of going back to that same philosophy of using stems, you know, when, when I started practicing, a lot of stuff was uh, fit and fill. You know, I, used, I used a lot of... Um, Helmetic and osteonics, which you know then became striker. So early on in my career, I put a ton of um, the secure fit in. We used a particular style of the secure fit called the J stem, which was the Japanese. So really similar to the Americanized version, which had a C taper, but it had a V forty taper. Um, you know, I've used Smith, some Smith and Nephew. Uh, I switched over to more of a blade, mostly on the striker realm, using Accolade, the original TMZF, switching over to Accolade 2. You know, I have put in the Trilock. I have put in the original ML Taper. Um, on the Smith and Nephew side, uh, the um, Echelon, and uh, I forget one of their other stems um, that I've used before. And I've also uh, put the... Um, uh, Wagner style stems in and the Zweimuller. So, you know, I have a pretty good feel of different stems. And to be honest with you, as a press fitter for a while, I was always sort of against the idea of a collar. You know, I think a lot of press fitters are, you know, we, we went from cement to AML style stems and the fear of, you know, subsidence was a big issue. So the collars were there to prevent it to subside. But I think a lot of press fitters, you know, I've always felt that, hey, I'm going to put my stems in tight. I put my mine in very tight, you know, some maybe not as tight. So people were then apt to accept a little bit of subsidence. And they kind of thought on my post-op x-rays that this might settle a little bit. So the idea also was like, if you put a collar in, would it stop that? You know, if the stem needed two millimeters to settle, um, maybe didn't put it in tight enough, number one. But if it did have to settle, um, would the collar prevent that? And then that could that lead to an increase in fibrous ingrowth. So when the first collared systems came out, you know that was the first thing that caught me off guard. Um, when Actus came out, I did Actus, probably did over 100 Actus. I've probably done about 100 Avenirs now. Uh, I put my first insignia in probably over a month ago now. So I just wanted to kind of compare some of the things that I saw and some of the little nuances between the systems and also maybe answer some of the reasons why I switched from one to the other. Um, so, you know, when the Actus came out, again, it was the first um, collared stem press fit that I've used in a while. Uh, they offer sizes 0 through 12. They all have a collar. They have a 130-degree uh, neck shaft angle, and they have a lateral offset option. And the lateral offset kicks you out 6 degrees in the sizes 0 through 3, and it kicks you out 8 millimeters uh, in the sizes 4 through 12. Now, one of the things that I, I liked early on and what I heard from some people is that, you know, they they didn't push the sizes. They they tended to undersize it. And I think you might see that more in the um, anterior hip world. Again, I'm, I'm a posterior guy when I do my hips, although I'm doing less and less hips nowadays um, than I used to. 
So, you know, I still put them in quite tight and I always take an intraoperative x-ray. So I have the ability of seeing maybe I am undersized. It gives me the opportunity to go up a size um, or two. But what I've heard from people is that they have put these in a little undersized. So for the anterior people, that might be a way of maybe reducing your risk of fracture if you have a higher than normal risk of intraoperative fracture. Um, the the collar, what I found on some of the smallest patients was a little long or stuck out a little medial, which did make me a little nervous about um, iliopsoas impingement. The the positive thing um, that I thought, and, and with, with all three of these systems really is the brooches. I think the brooches have really improved where they talk about, you know, the different types of cutting flutes and impaction. I, I honestly can't really feel a huge difference, but what I did find is that the brooches were easy to use and the stems fit clear um, to the size of the brooch. You know, it wasn't if you put stems in that felt too tight or stems that went in, you know, it really felt that the brooch um, broached the bone well and that the stems fit pretty true to the to the brooch itself. Now, when it comes to collared systems, what I have found, though, for a lot of these, um, actually all three of these, is that depending on the coating and the calcar planing, the coating on the bottom of the collar, that more often than not, in the beginning, I would put the stem down, calcar plane trial, take an x-ray, like everything, put the stem, and it always felt a little, little long, as if the um, the stem was sitting a little higher than the brooch. So what I do on most occasions is that once I like everything, I tend to countersink the brooch just a little bit and then calcar plane again before I actually put my stem in and to prevent the feeling or notice um, of that stem being or the leg being a little long because the brooch is sitting up a little higher. And again, I don't know if it is an issue with the coating on the undersurface of the collar or if it's, if it's an issue with the calcar planer not being truly flush on the top of the brooch. I've heard from some people that the engineers tried to design that up so the calcar planer wouldn't catch on the metal of the brooch. Um, but it's something that I would say look out for. And if you feel that or notice that, just be aware that this might be occurring in your cases too. So you might want to countersink that. Um, a little bit. One of the things um, that I've never been super happy with on on the Depew hip line is the head options. So, you know, you have your minus two option, which only comes in metal. So you have to be aware of that. If you have a young patient, you trial it, you're like, oh yeah, minus two. Just remember that then you do not have a ceramic option at that side. And then it jumps to their standard, which is a plus 1.5. But the next jump, is a plus five. And and a lot of surgeons that I've talked to um, have the same thoughts that I do. A lot of patients seem to fall between that one and a half and five. You almost want like a three, I don't know if it would be 3.25, 3.75, but really halfway in between. And then the next jump is eight and a half. But uh, I find a lot of times, you know, one and a half, maybe I don't have the tension on my abductors or the length feels a little short. I'll try the five. It just feels a little too long or too tight. And then the question is, how important is it? Like, how off is it? You know, do you have to take the brooch out, countersink the stem? Um, do you have to take the cup out, medialize the cup? You know, what little nuances do you have to do? Uh, but that was just kind of my take on the actus. Now, on a positive sense, and, and I'll tell you, for actus and all three of these stems, I found that patients did really well. Um, and I think there's two factors there. 
I do believe in, and the data, um, and the scientific engineering stuff will show like that collar, you know, people think about it as preventing subsidence, but also at that angle, it controls rotation. So what I found with a lot of the blade style implants is there is this little micro motion. And if you look at x-rays down the road, you'll see little like uh, windshield wiper washing uh, change at the tip of the stem. And there's that. We'll be back after a quick break. Welcome to Fuller Butts, a behind the scenes plastic surgery podcast. Yes, you heard that right. Join your co-hosts, Dr. Sam Fuller and Dr. Dan Butts, board-certified plastic and reconstructive surgeons on an exclusive full-access pass into the world of plastic surgery. Combining their expertise and training, Drs. Fuller and Butts will share medical insights, detailed explanations, and lighthearted humor to keep you entertained and informed. We're certain you'll become passionate about the plastic surgery specialty and between debunking myths, uncovering truths, or just making you laugh out loud at their perspective on this creative and artistic field. We've got something for everyone. The complaint that a lot of patients have this like achiness or soreness or kind of startup leg pain that they get in the beginning and whether or not that's rotational, um, whether or not that's ingrowth and axial loading, but with the collar that like disappeared. So patients would just come in and, you know, how are you feeling? And it was like you expect with every hip patient. It's just, you know, they feel great, no pain. So I think that was, you know, a huge positive. Um, the other thing is that it's supposed to be protective uh, potentially with periprosthetic fractures. That um, I have had two patients um, since I started putting those in that have fallen. Um, both had minimally displaced fractures involving the trochanters. Uh, it's too small of a study for me to say that that's true of all of these stems. But when you have a blade in there and these patients fall, I mean, the femur shatters. Um, so that's a big, big thing. Uh, next up in that setup was the Avenir. So I switched over to the um, Zimmer Avenir. And what I'll tell you, um, with both systems, um, what I did see is although they do taper distally, some of these door A femurs, you need to ream distally. So again, this comes down to a feel and a sound and experience level, but occasionally these stems will pot. You know, I think when the Actus first came out, again, you know, they felt this was a brooch-only system, that it's fairly tapered, it's definitely shorter than the Avenir, and then it wouldn't need any distal reamers. But yes, on occasion, there were some of these patients with these Dore femurs that got caught up distally, and you needed some type of reamer um, to open up distally. So I also saw that with the Avenir more so. Um, I think the profile is a little bit thicker box here, and it's a little bit longer. The, if I remember correctly, I think the, the shortest actus is 95. The Avenir is like 115, and it grows to 150 or 151. Um, so it's a little bit longer. So on these type A femurs, just know that if it looks really, really tight distally, you should have some reamers available. Uh, the collar, again, they offer a collar and a no collar option. So it was interesting that, again, you know, I was not a collared person. I didn't believe in collars. I always thought collars were weird with press fit stems. And then when I started putting actuses in, what I found is that really large um, obese patients that if I was using a system without a collar, I really was thinking, wow, I kind of wish I had the collar. And older patients, where they weren't old enough and osteoporotic enough that in my hands I would cement, um, but what I found is I had a lot more comfort with that collar. Um, so, you know, I really, I think 100% of my hips now all have a collar, but 
the Avenir offers the collared and a non-collared option. So if you decided that, yes, I don't want to use a collar, um, they do offer that where the Actus only comes with a collar. The next shaft angle on the Avenir is 135. They also offer a, um, a lateralized um, option. So the lateralized option kicks you out six. If you remember the, the Actus in the smaller size is six millimeters of lateral offset, eight millimeters in the bigger. The lateral offset for the Avenir is six millimeters. The other nice thing though that I do like about the Avenir, again, being a heavy striker user for 15 plus years, is that I really got used to the feel and the geometry of their 127 degree neck shaft angle. So the Avenir offers their Coxa Vera neck, which is a 126 and a half um, neck shaft angle. So if you put the um, standard on, you're like, oh, I think I need a little bit more offset. You put the high offset on, you add six, maybe you feel a little tight, a little long. The Coxa Vera drops you down and in. Um, so what you'll notice is that you lose a little length and you lose a little bit of offset. So it kind of kicks your troke um, up and out a little bit. So if you're in between, and I find you see some of these like Vera style necks on your preoperative x-ray and templating, that those are ones um, that you have to be cautious with. So knowing a system that offers you those options, you can just change the neck on the fly versus I need to change my implant because they only offer a more vertical neck shaft angle and this person has a more um, varus neck. You might be able to get away with a true just lateral offset, but this is op a nice option because you have three of these options. They offer sizes um, zero up through seven and a half, uh, and then the neck length jumps at the eight um, and nine, sort of what they call their macro stems. As far as the collar, though, I think the collar on this is um, nicer, especially in the smaller sizes. It's smaller and lower profile, again, than the Actus. If you remember, again, I said the Actus collar stuck out a little bit in some of the smaller sizes. This was in. What is interesting, though, is that I have a few um, bigger patients where I think the collar was almost obsolete because... The collar was so small in this largest, like, you know, eight and a half, nine macro stems that sometimes the collar didn't even seem like it engaged the cortex. So you'd almost make an argument of, you know, why even use the collar, but it was one of those ones where I broached it, opened the collar, put the stem in, it stopped. But I recognized the collar wasn't really even sitting on the cortex. Um, so maybe stems in the future, I mean, maybe there is a reason of some anthropometric change or growth in the collar, but I haven't seen any in the Avenir where the collar's overhanging the medial aspect of the calcar. Um, next up was the insignia. So this is Stryker's um, new stem to the game, which was a, a, initially, I think, supposed to be called the Titan, um, and they changed it to the insignia. I'm not 100% sure because I've asked and I haven't seen it in their brochures, and their brochures are sort of hard to find, but actually when I had a brochure and I measured it um, with a goniometer, their neck shaft angle is 130. Now, I don't know the thought process. Um, they, the striker system has been really built around this, you know, um, 127 degree neck shaft angle and, and their vertical, um, now I can't remember if it's 132 or 135, but um, I think this was sort of a happy medium. And I think heavy striker users that are used to a 127, I know three degrees doesn't sound like much, but I think may feel that they don't have the offset that they once did, and they're going to have to get used to 
sort of this new change of the geometry and the feel and the balancing. Um, but all of their stems are offered at the 130-degree um, neck shaft angle. They offer a lateral offset or high offset um, of 5 millimeters. So again, compared to the Actus and the Avenir, this just pushes it out 5 millimeters. They offer sizes 0 through 11, and their neck lengths jump from 30 to 43. Uh, they tried to make it a little narrower, so if you're used to the, the Accolade, you know, it used to be like, um, like 4, 5, and 6, and then you jump again. And I, what they tried to do is tried to make the jumps like every two um, broach sizes and the jumps tended to be smaller and more symmetric as opposed to having big five millimeter jumps between some sizes, you know, and, and two or three millimeter jumps between other sizes. Um, I don't have an, enough experience to know whether or not this is going to bind distally in those really tight type A femurs. Uh, but I would suspect that if you have a really tight femur, again, they typically tend to be guys. They typically tend to have a really large proximal um, uh, bone and just this narrow, tight distal fitting. So I suspect with the larger sizes, you might run into the same thing. The one thing that I did notice with the Insignia compared to other striker systems, though, is that the the lateral shoulder of the implant tends to sit up a little higher. Uh, and even if you look at their, um, I don't know if they changed it yet, but if you see their techniques manual, the um, neck cutting guide, which I don't normally use when I do hips from any system, um, but the neck cutting guide is actually the accolade neck cutting guide. But what I found was that the cut where I thought it would be, um, I would say if you're using the insignia, make your cut a few millimeters taller and a little flatter. And that's what I found is that um, the neck shaft angle, not the neck shaft angle, but the angle of the cow car um, and the cut, what I found in the beginning is if you use the cow car planer, that there tended to be a little gap. And if my cut was a little flatter than I would normally make it, the cow car planer would have taken it down. It would look just cleaner and 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 uh, nicer on the x-ray. Um, definitely would be an issue if you undersized because, you know, if your cow car is not uh, flush with where the collar sits, there's that greater risk of subsidence or rotational uh, instability. But that's what I would say is just a little technical pearl on that is cut your neck a little bit longer um, and cut it a little flatter because if you make it too vertical, you might find that when you cow car plane that your collar is sort of floating in the breeze a little bit. Um, just my two cents, you know, and I think um, it's hard to tell this in a podcast, but what you should start to do, and I would, you know, keep your little book or your or your your Google Docs or however you're keeping it, but what you'll notice, in it, you know, when, when I work with the fellows is that certain systems, I look for certain anatomic landmarks, like with the accolade, the way the shoulders sort of recessed, there's a certain spot where I see it fit when we're broaching with most people. Um, same thing with the Insignia, same thing with the Avenir, same thing with the Actus. There's certain little landmarks that you look at because you could arbitrarily broach and with a small broach, you could keep hitting it further. And the question is, you know, you might have a, a hard fit and you're thinking, oh, I need to go up, but it's really sitting where it needs to sit. So, you know, as you start making little marks that every time I put the stem in, um, when we believe it's where it needs to be, this is where I see the shoulder. This is what I see on the bone. Um, this is what I see in relation to the x-ray. It gives you that information that next time you're putting a brooch in, if you're sort of between sizes, it can let you know, oh, you know what? It is too high or low. I do need to keep it here. I do need to go up. But this is where an x-ray is extremely important. And for those of you that are not using intraoperative x-ray, again, you know, whether or not you do an anterior posterior, it doesn't matter um, which approach. 
but it is immediate feedback. You know, you will know right away whether or not that stem is undersized, if it's in varus, um, you know, if your neck cut was too long, because you don't want to get to the recovery room, take an x-ray and go, ah, I wish I would have. You want to be able to make those changes in the operating room. So just my two cents um, on the new shorter brooch body collared stems that are on the market, the Depew Actus, the Zimmer Avenir, and the Stryker Insignia. And uh, yeah, I'll probably put together something along these lines um, with uh, knees and kind of go into a little nuances, details of things um, that I see or look for, you know, when it comes to the common total knee designs that are on the market now. Um, until next time, stay, stay, or, yeah, stay, stay safe, uh, keep reading, Again, congratulations to all of those of you that have matched um, for your next step in your careers. And uh, sorry for those of you that didn't match, but you know, keep plugging away and look for other options, reapply next year. It's a great field. Uh, it's a great way to be able to help people that are in pain and suffering. And, and that's the reason we all do this. And it's the reason why I share this stuff with you, to help you help others. Take care. You've been listening to the Total Knee Tips and Pearls podcast. Make sure that you're subscribed so you'll be notified of future episodes. And please take the time to leave a review. It helps other people like you find the show. Until next time, stay safe.